So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this is how you're gonna be rich and or wealthy, whatever you prefer, by the age of 60, 70, or maybe later. So, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And uh, we're actually going ahead today with the summary that we have begun, 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 whatever it will be, I don't fucking know, um, on the airlinechecking.com website, which is the summary about, uh, what was it all about, yeah, uh, the 12 rules of life by dot peterson or b period peterson um which is i guess and i really really hope um and you can now see it in the background as well i really think and hope that it's gonna be a really great book and i just think so i don't know why but i do just have a certain feeling mm, that this book is going to be a pretty good one and a pretty nice one and a pretty nice one to watch and also pretty nice one in terms of the knowledge you will get from it um which is, I think, one of the most important things for these podcasts and all these videos, that you're actually getting something out of it and not <laughs> kind of just totally have uh, half an hour of fun with me, uh, but also get something out of it, which is really, really, really important. Uh, but yeah, I think we were actually stuck in the little summary of all the rules, and uh, I think we actually go ahead there just have to close my closet, as always, because somehow I don't fucking know why. Somehow it's always open. I don't know why, but it is always open. Um, but yeah. But, 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 yeah. Um, <clears throat> put your house in order, pursue... <clears throat> yeah. Um, I guess, and I think, that we're just going ahead with rule 6, because I kind of feel like, I really just feel like that we've been just through uh, all the rules up to rule 5, uh, but rule 6 should be uh, the one we have stopped. The problem there is, um, they actually went through the whole summary on myself, or on my own, in my leisure time, uh, because I was so interested in it, because all the points and all the rules up to... I don't know which rule were so great, basically up to including rule 5, were so great that I felt like, you know, I really have to go through the whole thing to just, yeah, get material for my posts, you know, on Instagram and Twitter and, you know, Facebook and everywhere, and therefore I decided to just go through the whole thing and see what's in there, and I felt like it's it's quite a lot in there, even though, though I do just have to say that uh, these rules, sort of small little ones and these who are just really really summarized are pretty fucking great, you know and there isn't too much information additionally to that in the big version of all these rules I'm looking very sweaty today should actually turn on another light do we need one but maybe is it better now? Yeah, it totally is. I'm sorry. My camera 
seems to be a little smudgy. Somehow. I don't know why. But yeah, so the rule six is, and you can't actually see it, put your house in order. And this is one of the best, I guess, at my point of view at least, one of really the best rules that's in this book. Because I loved it so much. I don't know why. I know maybe it's just so... I don't know, representing my just opinion on these things or... I don't know. I'm just gonna read it and then you can judge it on your own. It is easy to blame the outside world, a group of people or a specific person for your misfortunes. But before you do this question, have you taken full advantage of every opportunity available to you or are you just sitting on your ass pointing fingers? Which is, I guess, and I, I really feel like this, this is what a lot of people are doing. And I do not know why. I really would like to know why. But there are so many people who are just, you know, dwelling around, that are complaining, and whatsoever. So they are just always blaming somebody else for their misfortunes, for, yeah, them not having any money, for um, such a lot of things. And which is a pity, at my point of view, because it doesn't have to be like this. It really doesn't have, you know. Uh, life is so great, but you just have to work somehow to get some money. And if it's not enough money for your lifestyle, then you either just um, yeah turn down your lifestyle a little bit, or you just have to take a second job, or a third job, or a fifth job, or whatsoever. Um, but it's not always in terms of of money, actually. You know, it's also in terms of being happy with yourself. You know, have you really done everything that you could um, so that you're actually happy? You know. Couldn't you just also, I don't know, work out more so that your just mental and body conditions and or also connection is better? Or if you're just, you know, willing to lose weight, but it hasn't just worked yet, um, which is something that, that I do understand. It is not simple. It is simple, but it's not easy. It is pretty tough, I guess. And, um, you know, because nobody gets fat because of just yeah, from just one day to another day, you know, um, well, through medication, it could be possible, but, um, but most of these people, which is definitely not something negative, you know, if you're fat or overweight or something, I don't care, you know, I don't care as long as you're happy with it, you know, if you're really unhappy, I would really suggest you and I would really like you and love you for actually just doing something against it, you know, because if, if it's really something that's, you know, between you and your happiness and something that's just making you so unhappy, I really would love you to actually just, you know, work on these things. And at my point of view, it is simple, but it's not easy, you know, simple in terms of actually not eating so much shit, you know, eating less or doing more exercises, doing more just, you know, physical activities and whatsoever. So um, I don't know. And also in this terms, I do guess that a lot of people just think like, you know, I've done everything, but actually they haven't. And this is then the point. They just haven't, you know. Um, maybe they've gone through just all the things that are easy or just nice to do, like drinking some shakes or eating some exotic fruits that will make you burn a lot of fat or just, I don't know, drink some products there are so many things that really, really, it's, it really pisses me off that there are so many things that actually tell you, okay, if you do this or if you drink this or eat this or whatsoever, then you're going to lose weight. But it's not like this. It's like healthy eating 
and exercise. That's it. Or less eating and exercise. And that's it. Because your fucking body isn't able to just gain weight if you have, you know, less calories than you just need. Somehow. It's not possible. It's physically not possible. So yeah, you know, and it takes time. We do have to be patient with quite a lot of things in life. And I do think, and this is something Gary always says, Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm, <laughs> I'm quite sorry for actually just quoting him so often, but, you know, it's, it's my voice at a time. It's really my voice at a time, or he is my voice at a time. Um, he's really the, uh, yeah, the person, I guess, who is just giving me the motivation for what I'm doing. And he always says that all these things that are so great and whatsoever aren't easy. They aren't easy. You know, you have to do something for the things that are so great. So also for this, you have to do something. But I guess I should read on. <laughs> I should go on reading because I think if I'm just doing it like this, we're going to sit here in the next 5 to 17 hours, only in the few parts of that. But yeah, uh, so are you doing anything you know so are you doing anything you know is wrong? So stop it today, if you really know it. Stop saying things that make you feel ashamed and cowardly. Start saying things that make you feel strong. Do only those things about which you would speak with honor. Makes sense, because the way you think and you know the things that you're thinking about and whatsoever, actually very, very important. And I do think, even though it's something I really hate to say, it's really something I hate to say because you can see it so fucking often, like everywhere, you know, especially on Instagram, you always see like, yeah, if you just think the right way, everything's gonna be good. To some degree, yes, you know, I do think that, you know, mindset or whatever you want to call it, I do not even like the fucking word, I don't know why. Um, but I, I think like mindset is something important, it totally is, you know, do not get me wrong, but if it's, if it's so overdone everywhere and just, you know, quite everywhere you're looking is just some code like, you know, you should be doing this and or that and, you know, whatsoever. Uh, so pursue what is meaningful and not what is expedient or expedient. No, I think it's expedient, which is rule seven. So doing good or preventing evil from happening, elevating uh, unnecessary suffering provides your life with meaning. Meaning defeats existential angst. It gratifies your short-term impulses to, to achieve long-term goals. It makes your life worth living. Uh, which is totally true. It is completely true. Uh, one story that I just you know, think about right now is quite the story of Viktor, Viktor Frankl, actually. So the Austrian uh, psychologists, psychologist, sorry, I guess he's a psychologist. I do hope that you actually call him like a psychologist because, you know, it's it's like, you know, there are so many things doctors or people can study or can do, whether it be, uh, I don't know, psychologists, then just really specialized psychologists that you name them differently. This is what I mean. You know, it's just about the name. But uh, he actually was in Auschwitz and a lot of other concentration camps in um, actually Poland, because uh, Poland, is it Poland? I think it's Poland. I do hope. Yeah, Poland. Uh, so in Poland, which is, you know, Auschwitz is in Poland. And also a few, I think, in Germany, actually. You know, there's uh, not a single one in Austria. 
I guess if I remember correctly, yeah, there is no. Um, but in Poland and I guess in uh, Czech, the Czech Republic or something, if it is called like this, I don't fucking know. Um, but most of them are definitely in uh, Germany and also in Poland. And he actually was in a lot of these concentration camps and he just lived through it. So he, he survived it quite, which is just, you know, astonishing because, you know, all the stories that he's sharing on his, just, or in his book, which is called um, Man's Search for Meaning. Man's Search for Meaning. And I would really like to underline just meaning so fucking often because this is the point that I'm going to make because he actually found out or he actually always had a purpose in his life and or just a purpose in his head and the meaning in his head that he was trying to just, you know, view as a goal, you know. Uh, if I remember correctly, I went through it as an audiobook, which was quite fine. You know, it was really fine. Uh, the person who was reading it was quite, yeah, it was it was quite nice. You know, it's, it wasn't the best experience I've ever had, but, you know, I shouldn't complain. Um, the thing is, um, what did I want to say? What was the thing? <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah, uh, so he was in such a lot of concentration camps. Um, you know, all these stories that he's told in, in, in this book were just, you know, just insane. They really were insane, uh, so negatively insane. And um, it was really just insane. You know, you couldn't just think about these things now. You know, you can, but it's so from another planet, you know. It's out of Earth, you know, or not from Earth, definitely. Um, you know, what all the people, the Nazis did to the Jews and, you know, whatever other uh, persons there were, because there weren't only Jews, there were also some, you know, four-eyed people in general and whatsoever, you know. It was just insane what they did to these people and um, he just really shared the story of actually surviving just, you know, these hard times. And one of the things that was so important for him is actually having a meaning in life. And now I just know where I start, uh, stopped uh, just before. And his meaning was just quite... Um, because unfortunately his papers, so uh, he had some scientific papers with him um, because they were very, I think, important for him. Because I think he, he always had it in, in his coat or somewhere just hide it from the people. But someday, you know, somebody took it from, the, from him and just threw it away or destroyed it immediately. I don't remember. But he didn't have them, you know. And one of the most important things for him were, and I think this was his meaning, besides actually always having his wife in his mind, and she unfortunately died in the concentration camp, or he always thought that he died, uh, she died in the concentration camp. But I think in the end, uh, it was really like this. But the two things that, um, that really just stood out for me was that his meaning of actually... Um, you know, getting his papers back or just rewriting them and actually publishing this book then and also just having his wife in mind and just thinking about her and, you know, quite visualizing her that you kind of trick your brain even, you know, you really trick your brain if you really think about, you know, certain things because your brain then thinks like, you know, thinks they are real but they aren't, you know, because your brain somehow, I've just once looked it up, I do not actually think that it somehow... Um, really validated my theory or what I've somewhere ha heard, 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 heard. <laughs> I don't know where I've heard it, but um, actually it seems to be like your brain doesn't actually realize or know if it's a dream or not, uh, a visualization or a thought or not. 
Uh, so yeah, so having a purpose and having a meaning in life is very important. Think, how can I make the world a little bit better today and pay attention and fix what you can fix and not what you can't. Think more deeply, what is your true nature? What must you become knowing who you are um, and work towards this? Um, and there's, it's incredibly important and I do always point it out to be really truthful to yourself. Like, I would like to sing, but I'm not a singer. I would like to just, I don't know. What would I always like to? I would like to be able just, I would like to be very, very, very good in maths, but I am not. You know, it's it's not something that I'm quite talented in, or it doesn't seem like to be it. I don't know if I just, you know, learned the wrong way all the fucking time, or it is really the way. So you just really have to be truthful to yourself about what you can and what you can't, what you're able to and what you aren't able to do. So, um, so I think that you're not just having false hopes for yourself and actually getting somehow mediocre in something that you're not good at yet um, will just let you lose a lot of time because it's incredible. You know, it will take a lot of time um, until you're actually a master of what you're doing. But if you're already good at this and, and or talented and if you especially like it and you're passionate about it, chances are very, very good that you're going to be the best person this certain action on the fucking market. But yeah, so tell the truth. You may lie to others to get what you want or you may lie to others to feel better. But deep down you know it's inconsistent with your beliefs and you feel unsettled. You must develop your personal truth and then act only in ways that are consistent with your personal truth. Lies can be about how much you enjoy your job, whether you want to be in a relationship, whether you are capable of something, that a bad habit isn't that bad for you, that things will magically work out. Once you develop your truth, you have a destination to travel towards. This reduces anxiety. Having either everything or nothing available are far worse. Act only in ways that your internal voice does not object to, like a drop of sewage or sewage or savage, which is an S E W H E E, in a lake of champagne. A lie spoils all the truth it touches. Well, makes sense. Um, especially in a lie to yourself, I guess, you know. You know, but you shouldn't totally just, you know, lie to somebody else as well. So. Never ever, but especially not to yourself, I think. Rule 9, and I never ever lie. I really hate it. I really hate to lie and I, I actually can't do it, you know. Um, they're just really, 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 just really rare occasions where I'm quite lying. You know, they're, they're so rare, I do, not, I do not even remember. But, you know, it's always in terms of what is lying. You know, if you think like, okay... Um, I don't fucking know, you know, if somebody, you know, tells you or asks you, do you like it? And you say no, but you actually somehow don't know or you don't like it or you do like it, whatever I just said before. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't consider this as, as, as lying personally because it's, you know, most of the time I'm doing this because I'm not thinking about it, you know, correctly. And then I just think about it, you know, while I'm speaking, while the other person is speaking and then it's like, yeah, you know, it's actually not, not like, you know, not like this, and I kind of just spoke something, but I just, you know, didn't think about it, just, you know, which is something that happens quite often to me, I think, you know, I just, you know, quite often say something, 
um, which turns out for me not actually be the thing that I wanted to say. And that actually should think a little bit more, <laughs> maybe. Um, the ninth one is, assume that the person you are listening to might know something you don't. People talk because it is how they think. They need to verbalize their memories and emotions to clearly uh, formulate the problem and then solve it. As a listener, you are helping the other person think. Sometimes you need to say nothing, other times you serve as the voice of common reason. Uh, which is something, as I was going through it, which is incredibly important, I guess. You know, as a listener, you can truly help the other person with their formulations, with, I don't know, with just letting them feel good, which is one of the things that I always try to do. You know, when I'm talking to someone, I quite always think about actually letting them feel good. You know, and I know that if you're just listening to them and you're asking them questions to, to get a little into the details so that they can really just talk about a certain thing that they're quite talking about because people like to talk, then I know that they're quite happy. You know, at least I think, I think they are. So the most effective listening technique is summarizing the person's message. This forces you to generally understand what is being said. It distills the moral of the story, perhaps clarifying more than the speaker herself, and you avoid strawman arguments while constructing steelman arguments. Um, it is true. I think it's totally great to actually just really just you know listen to the person and then ask in a way that you're actually somehow only summarizing everything that he said or she said actually and then the person will say like oh yeah and you're forgetting this one and that one and no one didn't meant it like this you know it's just communication and um, I, I've really realized that communication is something that's incredibly difficult and uh, not only theoretically but also practically and so actually having a great I'm very sorry if there were any sounds there I really hope not. Um, but yeah. Uh, where did I stop? So assume that your conversation partner has reached careful, thoughtful conclusions based on her own valid experiences. I think today we're gonna go through through the rules. I think like, and I haven't shown you, I'm sorry. Uh, rule 10, be precise with your speech. Anxiety usually comes from the unknown. You don't know what the problem is or something vague seems really scary. Specificity, specificity turns chaos into a thing you can deal with. And this makes sense, you know. If you don't know what, what we should fight and if you don't know what we should be doing and if we don't recognize certain things, whether it be actually you having anxiety, actually you actually being ill, you just, I don't know, there's so many things that people actually do not realize about themselves, but if you don't know them, or if you just don't understand them, then you're either taking no action, which is, I think, um, both things, um, you're feeling bad about it additionally to that, which is, you know, basically if you do not know what to do, um, or it's quite nothing, like, you know, you just haven't even realized that something is going on with you, but yeah. Um, if you had a cancer in your body, wouldn't you want to know where it is, or what it is, and how exactly to treat it? And why don't you treat every other problem in your life with the same clarity? It really makes sense. It really does make sense, because um, 
Because at my point of view, realization and just realizing that something is going on with your body, with your mind, you know, whatever it will be, it is very important because it's the first step, at my point of view at least, that you could actually do something against it, you know. If you don't realize it and if you don't know it, you will do nothing. But if you know it, you will probably do something and, and you can find out what to do. And you can really just precisely find out uh, what you should actually do. And I just have to plug in my PC. Or actually laptop or whatever. Not that important. Um, so be precise. What is, what is wrong exactly? What do you want exactly? And why exactly? So in interpersonal conflicts, I do think, I'm just thinking about this, but I'm not quite sure. Maybe you give me your opinion would be totally great, you know. Um, just, you know, text me on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook. So many sites there. Oh boy. Um, no, but... Oh, fuck. So I do think that... The more detailed your speech is or the more detailed you, you talk to a certain person, like explaining every single fucking detail or every single fucking thing that somebody could misunderstand, I do think this is the best form of communication and the best non-argumentative communication. What I want to say is that you know people won't just then uh, argument with each other, you know, because everybody knows what the other knows because it's so fucking precise. It is so fucking precise that you even do not have to just, I don't know, ask any questions because everything is quite answered already. Um, the last one with rule 10 is the interpersonal conflicts specificity specify exactly what is bothering you. Don't let it spiral into an in inescapable cowweb, cobweb. If you let every everyday resentment gather, eventually it may bubble up and destroy everyone. And now rule 11. Leave children alone when they are skateboarding. Something I didn't quite understood, but it, I think, you know, actually without actually reading the whole thing, I kind of think like it's going to be um, about yeah, letting them be able to just take care of themselves. But let's see. So modern parenting has gotten overprotective. This is partly out of protecting children from danger, partly out of call to equalize gender treatment, to feminize boys and lower aggression. We are all aggressive. We all are aggressive. I'm totally aggressive, by the way. I'm really aggressive. I don't fucking know why. But I'm often just, you know, breaking things. I really do. I really do. Um, boys by nature are more aggressive. This is biological. They want to pro prove competence to each other. They want to inhabit the level of risk that pushes them to grow. Let kids alone when they push against authority, toughen up and do seemingly dangerous things. They need to grow. Well, it makes sense. To some degree. To some degree it really does. But I do think, like, you know, if they're just really doing something that's really fucking dangerous, I don't think you should let them alone. I don't think that you should just go away and I don't fucking know what, what you were doing. But I think you just have to set boundaries. Boundaries. Uh, and Or a framework. Or frame. I think this is important. To just uh, teach your kids certain things. But also let them grow. Yeah. 
and let them do things and let them just you know um, experience things in terms of actually just figuring out how something is working and and so on but I often feel like it is mostly about what people or how kids are thinking you know whether they have a, just a really really just um, you know an open belief like they can do a lot or they're always thinking like you know I can't do this I can't do that and whatsoever and and also if they are nice or not if they show empathy or not if they I don't know you know it's more about EQ for me or it seems to be more about EQ for me um, but yeah so I, I do think that this is incredibly uh, difficult to actually inject into your children but um, I think it's important I think it's way more important than than a lot of other things I really do because you know if you're not nice if you're really a fucking asshole nobody wants to do anything with you and you know if you can show empathy or if you can show empathy I do feel like you know more people will like you because you can just relate to them and a lot of other things a lot of other things and actually, rule 12, pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. Life is tough, good people get hurt, suffering is pervasive. You can hate the universe for this, or you can accept that suffering is an undeniable part of existence. And loving someone means loving their limitations. Superman without any flaws is boring and has no story. He totally hasn't, you know? If it wouldn't be just so, uh, if crypt, if his kryptonite, no, if his kryptonite wouldn't be kryptonite, then uh, I guess it would be very very fucking boring to actually watch Superman. Even though I haven't, I have watched Superman once, a movie, but never again. I guess you know not because I didn't like it or something, but I don't know. I didn't just just watch another one. Um, and the last thing is. Notice little bits of everyday goodness that make existence tolerable, even justifiable. Watch the girl um, splash into a puddle, enjoy a good coffee and pet a cat when you run into one. And then I think here it's always or also about recognizing and actually recognizing and reminding yourself of actually being happy and or just, you know, enjoying your life and being grateful for what you're having and a lot of other things, you know. Um, but I think it's definitely also about recognizing and just thinking about it, being aware of it. But yeah, um, this is it with the episode. I do think and I do hope that you got something out of it. Uh, if yes, give me a like, subscribe to my channel and or to the podcast, wherever you are. And yeah, uh, I wish you the best health, wealth, happiness and success. And I'll see you tomorrow. And please don't forget about thinking about how you're going to be remembered. So basically your legacy and actually giving back to the people. Whether they've given you something or not is something that doesn't matter. Just give back to the people or the world or everybody whatsoever. And with that being said, I wish you the best and I'll see you tomorrow. Um, yeah. Bye.